You are listening to the Icehouse Podcast, hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry-leading minds. Kia ora everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Icehouse Podcast. My name is Briar and I'm the Community Manager here at the Icehouse and I get to have incredible conversations with business owners and leaders all across New Zealand and this one was no different. Today we have Harry Urquhart Hay on the podcast. He's the co-founder and sales and marketing manager at WiseWool, a fifth generation business that innovates and manufactures 100% New Zealand wool ingredient products. Harry is an alumni of the Leadership Development Program number 38 and is also part of the co-working community in Parnell, Auckland. We discuss Harry's diverse career background, the environmental impacts and importance for Wise Wool and their products, how farming really is a backbone of New Zealand, his learnings through his career and owning businesses himself, the personal and professional goals that he has going into 2024, his experience working within the co-working space up in Auckland and being on the leadership development program a few years ago, plus much, much more. This conversation is packed with goodness and learning from Harry. I love talking to him about his experience as a business leader, his love for sales and marketing, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll jump into the recording now. Welcome to the podcast, Harry. Awesome to have you on the Ice House podcast this week. Yeah, no, good to be here, Brian. Good to see you. Nice. I love to start with this question. It's very open, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Harry and, and what are you passionate about? <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, love it. Um, yeah. So Harry, hey, uh, I have uh, joined our fifth generation family wool business. Uh, so I'm based up here in Tamaki Makoro and I have a beautiful wife, Jamie, and two little kids, Lucia, who is almost three, and Ted, who is almost one. Cool. And uh, yeah, no, we're based here in Parnell. So I've got a, a great short walk to the Ice House every morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, look, just me at the moment, um, spending a lot of time with family, with our two little kids, and yeah, trying to grow our, our family business wise. Well, and and launch it beyond Aotearoa uh, out into the world. So, yeah, that's that's a bit about me, really. That's so cool. And I'm so excited to learn more about this business because it's becoming and is such an iconic New Zealand business. And it has been a big year for you guys um, at Wise Will. So, yeah, keen to dive a little bit deeper. But first of all, can you run us through like a day in the life of Harry to give us a bit of context on <laughs> on what that would look like? <laughs> yeah um yeah sure so yeah always pretty chaotic mornings um <laughs> so i'll get the kids ready uh battle getting some food into them get them changed and then uh drop them off to daycare so super lucky we'll walk walk down uh, the hill drop them off uh, just down the road from the ice house and then a typical day for me probably starts with a strong coffee and uh and then look fairly flexible like i'll just sort of take each day as it comes um my job really is to focus on uh, our customers uh both sort of in new zealand and offshore and and then to really sort of put the brand uh on the map from a marketing perspective so 
yeah, every day is different. I'll either be sort of out and about meeting customers um, on calls at all times, chatting to businesses sort of, you know, outside of New Zealand. Mm. Um, yeah, so sort of every day is varied. Uh, I'll try and pop home for lunch if I can. Just lucky it's just up the road. And Maple, our Bernese mountain dog is with me every day. She's okay. below me, just under my feet. So, um, yeah, so she's, I'll always sort of take her out for, for a walk and, um, yeah, and, and sort of see where the day comes. And then, yeah, try to get home um, relatively early as well. Um, and, yeah, and just spend a bit more time with the family, really. So, look, it's a really exciting time. Every, every day is different and you never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. I love that. And I'm loving hearing the balance that you have or you try to gain in your life in terms of spending time with your family, living close by so that you can, you know, drop the kids off at daycare and, you know, just little things like that, go home for lunch. Uh, it really does, you know, we, we only live one life and it's cool to hear that you can, uh, you know, try to to make it work for you in terms of doing something you're really passionate about and the work that you do. Um, but then also, you know, have that time with your family. So thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Um, I want to talk a bit about that sense of purpose in life. What does that look like for you? When I say, you know, what is your purpose? What does that bring up for you? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, good, good question. I think um, ultimately what Angus and I and the family sort of set out to do is to make, our family business lasts another hundred years so uh, to pass it on to the next generation so I guess we're incredibly fortunate to sort of um, uh, you know be be growing the family business but also to look at it with the real long-term lens and leave that I don't know it sounds a bit cliche but sort of that sense of legacy is very important to sort of pass it on um, and ultimately to, to do some good along the way. So, you know, our, our main sort of goal for Wisewool with the family business is to pay farmers more for their wool. Um, so, so I think, yeah, that, that's sort of a big part is to sort of um, what sort of drives uh, not only me, but the rest of the family in a, in a day-to-day level and in terms of hopefully making the family business a bit better than, you know, when we sort of took it over and, and yeah. grow it for for the next generation coming through. Mm, yeah, that's so great to hear. And I want to dive into Wisewell, but before we, before we do that, I'd love to talk a little bit about your personal career journey because it's so varied. Like when I looked into it, I, <laughs> I loved it. I was like, there's agency work, there's, there's your own business, there's, you know, coffee, there's back into the wool industries, you know, family business. There's, there's a lot there. How, um, what does that look like for you? What's the journey been? And then how did it lead to Wisewell? Yeah, um, it has been a, a fun, varied last sort of 10, what would it be now, 14 years post-university. Um, oh. So yeah, it was, was down in Dunedin, down in Otago, had a hell of a time down there as mm-hmm. everyone does. Uh, and the, I sort of started studying law um, that just wasn't meant to be. And uh, so I ended up finishing down there with a PPE and sort of a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy, Politics, Economics. So super varied, left university. um, Yeah, no no idea what I was up to. Uh, And so I bought a one-way ticket to 
the UK and did a lot of sort of solo travel on the way through Morocco and Europe and wow. uh, and wound up in London with absolutely uh, no pennies to my name like we all sort of do and somehow yeah super lucky uh, landed on my feet um, and thanks to the Kiwi community so I was sort of tied in with Kia and um, uh, mm-hmm. I met a lovely woman named Michelle Greenhall who uh, is based in London and at the time was working for Saatchi and Saatchi's and fortunately she sort of gave me my first leg up with a, a job in advertising in London which was epic and met some wonderful people, worked on some really cool sort of international accounts. It was the time of the London Olympics. So uh, yeah. we had some big budgets and heaps of fun. Mm. And especially, you know, going into an industry, I think it was a really good start because it was working for a big sort of corporate business. So there was a lot of structure. You understand, understood sort of how a business as usual, day-to-day sort of operations worked, but also there was a lot of creativity. Um, particularly in that London office and yeah, big budgets. So was really, um, really lucky to meet some incredibly talented people and, and work with some really sort of world-class winning teams. And then, um, yeah, post that, um, I sort of realized, yeah, it, it had done that for a few years and sort of thought, all right, keen to sort of give something of my own a crack really. And um, that's when I met uh, a lovely guy who, um, John Plummer, who had invested in a um, an audio business uh, in the UK called Orbit Sound, and fortunately he gave me the opportunity to to come back to Australasia and set the speaker business up down here. So, yeah, had a had a wonderful five years growing that brand. Um, we had a heap of fun from a marketing perspective, bringing on Ford brand ambassadors and. Um, Uh, and yeah trying to put a an unknown speaker business on the on the names on the map so that was mainly sort of sound bars and portable speakers and uh and then yeah we um ended up moving back to london to help try to grow the business into europe and um and sort of asia and things mainly europe and so that was really good working with markets you know speaking different different languages and yeah i'm heading back to to london and then um yeah and then jamie and i uh now my wife we decided yeah it was probably time to to pull pin and come home yeah um yeah and so yeah cruise cruise back to auckland and uh yeah we've been back here now for five years sort of uh moved back just sort of um yeah it was time for something new. And uh, so I worked for a coffee business for a couple of years, which was really good fun, helping doing some rebranding work and um, for the new owners. And then, yeah, at that point, uh, my uncle Henry gave me a call and said, all right, um, family business needs a bit of help. So uh, that's when, yeah, Angus, my cousin and I said, yep, yeah, we're, we're on. So yeah, here we are today. Yeah, that's really cool. Was it a conversation? Like, did you give your cousin Angus a call and go, cool, like, are we doing this sort of thing? And and, because you mentioned at the start, like, how you both decided, let's make sure this family business is known for another 100 years, you know, was that a very purposeful decision there? It's a funny one. Like, when you look back on it, it was a really big decision at the time. But I think Angus and I both just, no thought was really needed. Mm. Um, 
I think, yeah, it's sort of, we're just lucky to all get on so, so well as a family. And, oh. and so it was just more than anything, it would be good fun. So yeah. here we yeah. are. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Totally. And that's, that's so common in family business too, right? It's like when, when family calls, you know, it's, it's time to, to go all in and to, to support. And so, yeah, that's really cool to hear within the roles though. I'd be so interested to hear was, you know, you're looking after the the sales and the marketing, which is quite a big function. Um, was it, was that a very like, okay, Angus, you're going to do this and I'll do this and you know, matching it with your skill sets? Was that a decision that you guys made matching on your experience? How did that work? Yeah, yeah. It's funny how um, I we're just, I guess, all four of us, Henry, Nikki, Angus, and I all have different skill sets. And, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so it just sort of made a lot of sense to just sort of, in some ways, ring fence certain parts of the business for us each to focus on and just have the freedom to go after it. So, yeah, I mean, my background is sales and marketing. So, naturally, I sort of took that role. And then Angus has been sort of done a lot of operational work. Um, so, it made a lot of sense. And, um, you know, he had a lot of desire to run, run the factory and, and the operations mm. side of things for the business. And then yeah, Henry's um, amazing, a heap of experience in the wool industry and for managing all of the relationships with our large yeah. farming base. So um, that's where he spends his time. And then my auntie, Nikki, yeah, that's a funny one. Nikki's the most incredible cook. Um, mm. And we never knew she would be such a talented seamstress and sewer and creative. And she's just so talented and works with wool every day and so that's her sort of happy place coming up with new concepts and ideas and yeah yeah trying to replace synthetics in any way possible yeah it's amazing so cool I want to go back uh, going a little bit off, off script but keen to hear about your childhood did that have any like was that a, any farm based any anything to do with the the industry that you guys are in now or yeah what did that look like yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Wellington and uh, oh. so my mum is the oldest of three. Um, so she grew up in Gisborne. So it's on my mum's side of the family. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, so no, I, I grew up in, in Wellington. So I didn't grow up in Gizzy. However, we'd be in Gisborne, uh, yeah, four plus times a year. And yeah. then every summer from the age of sort of 10, I'd be sent up to... Uh, to the wool sheds to go and help you know pack bale yeah. um, move wool and um, so I guess sort of yeah from a re really early age you know we were jumping around on wool bales as kids and, yeah. you know, cool. and so that's probably where um, yeah you don't you never realize it at the time but um, yeah it probably had had a big impact on yeah things. for sure yeah what does the New Zealand farming community mean to you now when you look at it as a whole? Yeah, I think to me, it's still very much like the backbone of of, um, mm. of New Zealand. I think um, to me, it's sort of, yeah, it's unrealized the beauty, um, the opportunity, the power of a lot of these beautiful farms, particularly up and down the East Cape. And sort of like a lot of the time, it's a return back to, I don't know, just sort of New Zealand as I always pictured it growing up. And 
um, yeah, I think we're so lucky in New Zealand to have such an abundance of beautiful natural resource. And I think, you know, I just see such a great opportunity to help our farmers um, and put wool back on the map for them. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, farmers, yeah, they're such epic people. Um, yeah. Just super honest, um, so hardworking. And uh, yeah, it's um, just just a great, great group of people. Mm. We're lucky there. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so right. They are the backbones of New Zealand, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely, Jin's very cool. Um, I want to talk about the environmental impact of of Wise Will and how important that is. Um, yeah, what what does that mean to you? Maybe for Wise Will, but also personally, and 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 how does it impact the work that you guys do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, um. I guess firstly, like wool is an absolute miracle fiber. You know, it's, yeah. it's retardant, it's, um, it's antimicrobial, it's uh, so many factors um, could go go on and on. And I think, you know, that that product is a byproduct of sheep. It's, it's grown naturally. So I guess like from a sustainable lens, we're lucky to be working with such a miracle fiber that is 100% natural, renewable and biodegradable. Mm -hmm. and that's been forgotten and so um it's about yeah making the most of that wool um and and i guess the flow-on effect for that is then replacing as much sort of man-made synthetic fiber with a natural product yeah. and i think yeah we're probably quite blind to just how much synthetic material particularly in upholstery is out there and how easy it is to substitute it back to a natural fiber mm. so um it's sort of a lot of small subtle changes which really add up in a big way and um and so i think you know we can make a lot of change um quite quickly and easily here um with you know uh, such a, a natural brilliant product like wool um, I think a lot of the work that farmers do on their properties is really um, not rewarded and not recognized. And I hope in the coming years, we'll be able to really sort of wave a flag as to some of the wonderful, um, you know, work on farm that's that's happening from mm -hmm. native planting and restoration work to just even highlighting the way, you know, our farmers look after their animals. Um, I think, yeah, there's... That, that'll be a really sort of big part of, of what we're doing moving forward. Um, and yeah, and just sort of all the flow on effects, I think, um, you know, to highlight throughout the supply chain, um, just the work that sort of what we can do across NZ from a manufacturing space yeah. in terms of, um, you know, the process is actually, it is rather sustainable and fairly not intensive of resources so yeah we're doing a lot of work there um just with um our sort of lca and and you know just in the process of being b corp certified um so there's a lot of sort of things i think we can do to help illustrate the 
the sustainable nature of what we're doing and what our farmers are doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's like raising the profile eh, of, of the power of wool, but also their environmental impacts. And like you said, the, the simple decisions people can make to actually bring it back <laughs> into the things that they purchase and their decision-making, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Really cool to hear. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the important thing is kind of, it's just education, you know, mm. it's, it's highlighting to, to customers and consumers that, yeah, in your purchasing decision, you know, you can make an enormous change um, mm. when you don't, don't believe you are. So yeah, that's a yeah. lot of job as well. Totally, yeah. completely agree. Eh? And the collective um, impact that comes with just everyone as individuals making small changes is so much bigger than, you know, what we think we can do alone, you know? So it, it is really cool to hear that you guys are wanting to lean into educating more around the environmental impacts as well. And it's a huge part of that New Zealand clean green sort of image and let's keep it going and let's keep it real um, and authentic. Yeah, totally agree. Very cool to hear and looking forward to hearing more about that, um, <laughs> the wise will journey. Um, I want to I want to ask this question. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self at the start <laughs> of your career journey? It's always a funny one, but you've had so many different industries, different things. Is there any advice you'd be like, hey, Harry, just want to give you a little heads up? <laughs> um, oh, I reckon just have fun. Yeah. Oh. Um, don't be too serious. Um, life's a pretty long, pretty long journey, you know, so make sure you have a heap of fun on the way and yeah, I think as well, probably don't fall into the trap of, you know, things need to happen fast and, you know, need to happen quickly and yeah, all the good things take time. So yeah, yeah just, great advice. Yeah. 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 Slow success is actually a really good thing because yeah, all the good things take time. Love that. That's very cool. Um, I also wanted to talk about how being a business owner in the past has supported or impacted what you're doing now were there any learnings from that time of giving things a go for yourself taking some risks anything in that time yeah yeah it's funny um I think and it's drilled and the learnings from the past are still very much drilled into us um mm -hmm. by our chairman Frank um with with wise Wars. don't forget the three hours of business um revenue 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I think yeah that's that's very true um uh yeah with without cash and uh without you know good uh, good sales and good sales pipeline your sort of growth is stifled and mm. all the cool things you want to do and the things you need to do you know you, you can't do and take longer so um yeah I think that's probably from the past that's uh yeah that's probably the biggest biggest learning curve is is cash is king and um yeah it's it's yeah it's the core the backbone of any business to to have growth and to have fun so you can't forget yeah. that totally agree and I think as well like going back to that environmental impact and impacts within a business it's very hard to do some of those things and to educate and to do all you want to do in that space, unless you're making revenue, unless you've actually got a business, you know, to, to share that on. And so, and I think sometimes people can 
forget how important it is to have the cash flow and to be making money as a business to be able to impact in other areas. So yeah, completely agree with that um with that comment um yeah. want to talk about your your global experience as well having been in london um different marketing experience working in agencies how does new zealand stack up in your mind what could new zealand marketers maybe improve on um if anything and how they roll yeah yeah um look i think we're we're super lucky here in new zealand like i think we definitely punch on the world stage fairly well, particularly yeah. from, I think like Kiwis are so creative. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, like you, you just need to look at the, the amount of marketing creative talent globally from New Zealand who are leading agencies, businesses across the globe. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're really lucky with little old New Zealand, we get to see things differently. Um, there's still very much a can-do attitude and I think on the whole, we don't take ourselves too seriously, which which sort of really works in that space. Mm. Um, Yeah, look, I think I think like we're yeah, it's fairly hard to fault. I think often, um, if anything, uh, probably need to be more aggressive um, about going offshore um, from New Zealand because it is so doable. particularly leveraging like you know marketing and storytelling um from our beautiful country and i think yeah it's a lot more doable than i think businesses and marketers potentially um yeah believe so uh yeah i think you know it's still a lot of hard work but i think um i think it's yeah it's potentially um more doable than than what a lot of us think yeah that's really good advice and thought because I do think sometimes we can hold back and think oh maybe too hard basket but um yeah New Zealand has so much to offer to the world so yeah that's good to hear and I want to touch on that point that you said around storytelling because yeah there's so many opportunities to tell New Zealand's story to tell a unique story right that is so different to the rest of the world um and in terms of storytelling, you guys had an amazing opportunity of being on Country Calendar, which is such an iconic New Zealand uh, show really recently this year. Um, I want to hear the story around that. How did that come about? Did did you reach out or did, did they reach out? How did it start? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, just trying to think back. We So we were on Country Calendar August this year, 2023. Yeah. And uh, I think we started Change Country Calendar at least a year prior. Wow, quite a uh, long lead-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's the most incredibly talented crew of people, producers, um, sound oh. and cameramen. Um, and yeah, I think we probably weren't ready um, when we first started chatting to them and. Yeah and and then sort of things you know we got the factory and sort of and things started to to move a bit quicker but yeah look we're we were super lucky to be given that opportunity i mean you know country calendars um you know i'm I'm pretty sure it's the most watched show and a week weekday show in new zealand um Mm. we were we were really lucky with with our episode and something like 630,000 Kiwis tuned in to wow. watch 
that episode. Um, and yeah, you, you forget the, the power of something like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was really helpful for, for wise wall and just getting the, the message and, and the story out there. And yeah, subsequently we've met and connected with so many epic brands, businesses, and just people in the farming community as well, um, from that show. Mm, and it's yeah. also been a really powerful tool to use kind of going back to the whole sort of you know new zealand story to leverage that you know 22 minute piece of videography to sort of showcase to the world so we use that with a lot of um kind of sales pitches and um yeah of course uh, just sort of you know it's such an easy if you you know you can tell someone something that you know as soon as you, you give them a video like that um yeah you know it's sort of open book this is who we are this is how we work um yeah. and so yeah it's it's we're really really lucky yeah and i can't thank the country calendar team enough yeah what a powerful tool like you said to have what was your week like following the episode going live was it quite a crazy week or was it a slow burn in terms of those connections coming your way yeah no it's pretty pretty chaotic um <laughs> There's a business actually, a wool business called Sustainagrow, who's on this coming week. I'm not sure when this episode will go live, but um, uh, the what will it be? It'll be I think the third of December. Um, yeah. And she, um, Rita, the lovely owner of that business, we were chatting to her and giving her some advice. And it yeah it was a ball back some memories. I think we were up till sort of midnight that night, um, answering texts and calls and emails. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty chaotic. Um, it's pretty hard and fast, though. Sort of, it's all over in a couple of days. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, you definitely, um, yeah, no, you got to make the most of that time because yeah, it's such great exposure. Yeah, for sure, you'd have to leverage that in the sort of before the next episode goes live, right? So yeah, very, very cool to hear how that all worked for you guys um I want to change gears a bit to hear about your ice house experience how did you first connect with the ice house or hear of the ice house yeah um oh the ice house has always sort of been around from memory um and my first proper experience was when uh yeah i kindly got put on the ldp the leadership development program <coughs> um from a coffee business yes yeah coffee business i talked about earlier foundation coffee um kindly put me on on the course which was just brilliant um and that was really the first time i got to understand the ice house a bit more yeah. and then subsequently um uh with wise war it just made a lot of sense um, to join the co-working space um, here in, in Auckland. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool network. Um, I love thing I love is, or other than Maple, um, my dog being able to come in every day with me, is, um, yeah. is just the different people who walk through the door every day. Uh, such epic networking um, events. And yeah, it's just good energy here. So it's a fun place to come and work. 
yeah, totally agree. Love working from that space in Parnell. It's so great and very inspiring to chat to the people um, that are also working there or coming in for the day or at an event. So yeah, cool to have you part of the community as well, Harry. Um, very, very cool. I know the team love that. Um, casting your mind back to when you were with Foundation Coffee and and you did the program, were there any takeaways? I know that that was a, a while ago, but was there any key takeaways that you implemented or that really shaped your career journey or next steps? Probably the biggest thing I remember is we did sort of like this, I can't remember the, the name of it, but sort of like a personality test mm, whereby yeah. you could, um, uh, it sort of highlighted your strengths and weaknesses and where you like to spend time and energy. And I think that was pretty cool thing to go through. I looked at that the other day, actually, it was, um, yeah, it was just cool to sort of, uh, I think for all of us, it made a lot of sense um, where to spend time and where your strengths are. And um, yeah, that was probably a highlight for me because I'd never really thought about things that way. and um and just sort of how to spend time more effectively um in places and areas which you enjoy doing Mm. Um, and i think that it sounds you know pretty cliche but i think when you actually adopt that approach it has big flow on effects for energy levels and just helping delegate jobs and responsibilities to others who are better at those certain things um so that was probably the biggest sort of key takeaway i guess from that course other than meeting some wicked people um and we yeah there's a couple of people in particular i still keep in touch with from our leadership group um so yeah yeah. that's great yeah cool and you can sort of follow each other's career journeys as you know as leaders within different businesses as the years go on too right so yeah it's so cool when you um had the opportunity was there any hesitations from you to to do the program or was it something you sort of grasped and 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 ran with from the get-go um no 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 i'm just really lucky to be given the opportunity um so so yeah no just dived into it um yeah no only only good times and uh yeah you you know there's the resources and things you get given with that course it just made a lot of sense so um yeah very cool cool. looking to the future now uh what's a personal and and there may be professional goal that you're currently working towards um that excites you um good question (laughs) Uh, personal Personal goals probably at the moment just to try and stay um, fit and um, just spend time, um, yeah, doing extracurricular activities, you know, spearfishing, um, surfing, um, running, just trying to find the time and space to do that stuff. Um, Right. Yeah, you somehow always get distracted um, and, you know, something else pops up. So it's just trying to personally yeah to do a lot more of that is moving to next year mm. and um professionally yeah uh sort of yeah we're just sort of going through that at the moment actually um kind of goal goal wise for next year for the business um yeah i think it's probably just to keep being aggressive um 
yeah and and just dream big ultimately um and probably to in order to do that you know start to spend more time overseas and Mm. and um and yeah just try and find the right businesses um who sort of spend more time finding businesses who match and mirror our sort of company and family values and ethos because i think if you spend time with those that um you know you align with it's just a better long-term ongoing relationship where you both win Mm. it's probably yeah just being more aggressive targeting those sort of businesses globally to um which just makes things more fun um so yeah being selective and targeted and and trying to dream big I guess yeah Yeah. oh that's exciting to hear and yeah so true like I think sometimes as business owners or leaders we can go oh we'll do this as a company but there's so much power in partnering with the right people like you know it can be really hard when you partner with the wrong people um, or the wrong businesses that don't align but when they do align there's so much power in what you can do collectively right with the teams coming together and so yeah I definitely have heard from many business owners and leaders that that supports growth um, of a business so yeah really exciting times ahead for for wise wool I really do think it's such a it's becoming an iconic um, name and and business in New Zealand Um, and something that New Zealanders, you know, we all are proud of that industry and and wool and and our sheep and our farms. And yeah, really cool to just see that go strength to strength. So so thank you, Harry, for sharing the story of Wise Wool and also your career journey um, and where things are heading in the future. Really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, epic, right? Yeah, really good to catch up. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, love, love doing this with you. And yeah, look forward to seeing you again soon. Awesome.